Welcome to the Port Charles Update with your hosts, Mish and Mel. Hello. Hi. Well, your timing's great, so our tornado warning is over. It was about... (laughs) That's good. 10 scary, very dark minutes. It literally looked like nighttime. There was lots of... And you know how I feel about thunder. So I'm really happy Wait, to have the day off. Wait, it's not the lightning that scares you? No, it's the thunder. The sound, the, sound the rumbling of the house. You? Not the actual damage of lightning? Well, that too. It's a combination, I guess. Okay, I would include the two together. I would include the two together. But this particular situation, there was definitely more rumbling than the actual lightning and the very ominous dark clouds. So anyways, made it through. Super glad. Um, still working on the adrenaline, bringing it back down. Well, glad that's over with. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so maybe we could talk about a different kind of drama. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so so Peter's shot. Poor guy. Um, Poor I'm guy. just thinking maybe he'll think twice about going along with any of Maxie's plans. Well, that's what I was thinking. Like, all of her missions are very dramatic and something big always happens. And I know that he loves her, but let's, let's try to use some logic. Well, I, I don't, I, I don't think anyone can really, I don't even think it's about resisting. It's about the fact that she's going to do something insane. And when you care about someone, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm pretty much going along with this to protect you from yourself. True. But at the end of the day, now that the whole story unfolded, I kind of now understand why it was important for Maxie story-wise to have found Dante. Oh, huge. Because it's like the huge impetus for Lulu to kind of like move on and get another man in her life. Oh, yeah. I forget what his name is, but they're going to be a super cute Uber to driver slash teacher. That's who who (gasps) that guy is. But I just had a thought. Is he going to have... Is he going to have... Oh, I have many, my friends. But he's going to get Willow set. Because I'm like, what are they going to do with that set? Well, I mean, look, who knows if she's really going to, like, move on from that job or not. Especially with the way Nina oh. kind of looked at her today. So it's, it's possible that teacher takes the takes Willow's set. Or she ends up going back to the school. But I don't think anything is really final yet for what's going to happen um, with Willow. I guess we're going to have to see. Uh, I Like, my thoughts on that, though, like, I really think Willow is going to end up working for Nina because they're doing they're setting the stage for this heartwarming type situation and I think that eventually she's going to wear the necklace to you know pick up Charlotte one day I don't like it I really don't like it I don't like it either but they're they're paving this weird path right now that I can't quite figure out but I can see well you just said it why a story (laughs) would unfold no but like I can see why the story would unfold that way I'm not saying I'm all for it and this is the way it should happen but I can see why they're doing it well, like, not saying I'm happy. Like you're saying, they're <laughs> shifting things because it looks like they're going to start really digging into the storyline a bit more. But I really don't like this version of it. I really, I don't, like, what's the drama in, oh, look, we've now bonded and now you're my daughter. It's kind of like a bonus. <laughs> you know, as opposed to what's been going on so far and then finding it out. I think that would have been, a, like, a lot more explosive than if they do go into that direction where they're finding peace with each other and then finding out their mother or daughter. I think it has way less well, like of an explosion that way. I agree. 
I think that Willow has so many explosive things going on in her life and there's so much more to come that the explosiveness is shifting to Sasha. So the relationship with Willow and Nina is calmer and where the explosiveness in this storyline will come out is how devastated she is about the Sasha Valentine situation. Yeah, I guess, you know, yeah, I guess if you look at it from that way, of course, Nina is still going to have this this heartbreak when it comes to Sasha. But to me, I feel like I'm not getting a two in one anymore. Like, definitely Willow has a lot going on. And the last thing she needs is, is, is something else. But if we just take a minute and go towards Nina, it's just sort of like, to me, I would have had more fun because of the way she had been behaving, because of the way she'd been behaving towards Willow, because of how naive she is when it comes to Valentine. Because I'm sorry, I can't, you cannot say that, that Nina accepts Valentine for all of his faults because she still pretends that he didn't kill Nicholas. And that's like a whole other thing we'll get into later. Mm. So I think she's so delusional when it comes to him to a certain point. And so True. for that, I would have been like, yeah, in a way, I would have enjoyed you like seeing the explosions of realizing he lied to you and Sasha wasn't your daughter. And it sucks. She's getting caught in the crossfire between Nina and Valentine. But I also would have wanted to see the explosion of being like, Sasha's not your daughter and that Willow was like, to me, that would have been a lot more fun to see. A lot more satisfying. Yeah, I think that's really it, given yeah. how things have gone on. Because, like, I mean, for Nina to have been the way she has been with Willow all along and all this time, and then all of a sudden she's remorseful. And it must have been so weird when you see somebody who's constantly attacking you suddenly be nice and cry. It's like you don't even know what to do with that. Like, you almost <laughs> want to, like, tap her forehead and be like, are you a real person? <laughs> well, that's why Willow's expression was perfect because it was borderline disgust slash I'm going to hear you out. <laughs> Well, what's the alternative? You know, I think she's 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 very conscious that, that she made mistakes. And mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, she's going to try to do whatever causes the least amount of tension with Nina. I think what it's called for, she will stand up for herself as she has. But other than that, I don't think she's trying to bring any more drama. And I think she's trying to be and handle Nina better than she has in the past because you know, she's she's actually faced the consequences of her choices and behavior, even though I think anybody else would feel that they were justified. I 100% agree as, as to all of the things you're saying, and you worded it very well. So before we, like, forget about Maxi, so again, Finn is really just being... he He's not going... He's not falling into the background with, with Anna's absence. And again, this, like, shy, awkward guy is very much integrating himself into a lot of different characters, you know, people that he's familiar Mm -hmm. with. So the way that he, you know, the fact that he's the choice to support Maxine. And I mean, I get it. Like, there's a Peter connection there. But I just found it really funny that he kind of starts out by saying... I don't really know you all that well, yet he was able to predict every single thing that she did. Um, I know. I, I was just, I mean, that to me was kind of funny, but I am so confused. And I mean, I know confidentiality is something that's really ill-defined in Port Charles, but what I don't understand True. is, he, like, Finn was bound by confidentiality. He can't tell Anna. But why was he able to tell Robert? Well, here's the thing. I don't necessarily think he told Robert, but Robert knew because of the WSB. So I think it was like... But Finn filled him in on his... But like Finn just filled him in on the... On his condition. 
I know. I feel like he just gave it. He's like, I don't want to fight with this guy right now. <laughs> like, I get the context, but they didn't say, you know, like, they didn't say that, like, Finn was obligated to report to the WSB and that. Right. So just the fact that they didn't really address that and all you see in the conversation is Finn just, like, freely offering the info conversationally and then expressing that he can't tell Anna while he's talking about it with Robert. <laughs> I was just like, what is this madness? I want to talk about Robert, but let me finish this off with uh, Maxie. So okay. they cleared everything up really fast because like at first I was like, Oh no, like how many mm-hmm. risks can these two girls kind of handle? Right. And I just kept thinking, you know, with Lulu's reaction to the whole thing that she was just looking for someone to phys- to like physically be mad at, like somebody who's actually standing in front of her yeah. because, you know, her Dante is absent and she can't really get upset or there's nobody to really be upset at, but they resolved it so fast. <laughs> okay, <laughs> the fun the funny thing was though when I was watching that scene and my Lulu cuz you know, I go back and forth with you know, how much I like her and how much I don't. And when her Lulu-esque-ness pops out, my rage just comes out. But I was laughing because I was getting irate. And then I'm like, but wasn't there like a scene right before this where she was asking Sunny to go and break him out? Yes, that is. Actually, I did forget about that. I completely forgot about that in that moment. That was Monday also. Yeah. She yeah. had literally just come from from doing that. So I was like, so, what is happening right now? But she admitted exactly <laughs> what I was thinking about her. Because later on, Lulu is basically saying she got to do what, like, I didn't get to do. Yeah. So, you know, at least she was being honest with herself. And, and she didn't let it kind of go on. Like, she... She was upset in the moment. She kind of took some stuff out on Maxie. But at least she was able to recognize that and just sort of resolve things with her. And it was just really interesting how, you know, Laura and her and in that really sad conversation was kind of like, well, now we know. I I was like, well, now we know he's really unwell. Right. you're still, there's a lot of unknown. But I mean, basically, you know more than you did yesterday. And it's up to you if you want to make a decision. But I still feel it's a sucky situation to be in, even with knowing that Dante shot Peter. Exactly. Like, I didn't really see the silver lining as much as they did. <laughs> well, and I... <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did see it coming that the di- I didn't think the divorce papers would happen so quickly. And I didn't think that they would come from Dante. The thing is, it's just that you could tell that Laura knew what the papers were before Lulu yes. did. And she's already getting up being like, oh, no. Crap. Uh, It's only her second divorce. I don't think she, from the same guy, I don't think she knows what's about to to happen right now. (laughs) Think about that. It's possible that it's real. Because in my head, I'm thinking, okay, we have Maxie as a witness to Dante. Like, what we assume is that he actually saw Maxie and Dante I mean sorry Maxie and Peter and, Peter, and yes. opted to shoot them to keep them away so so we have her to kind of confirm that and then he says the divorce papers and so part of me is like yeah that could be totally true that that Dante is really far gone and he doesn't want contact with anybody and after seeing them he's just sort of like let me just do this whole divorce thing. But then on the other hand, I was wondering, is that all that's really happening? Happening, You know, is there more than meets the eye? Like, are they doing something to Dante? Are the divorce papers from him? Is it a way to kind of make people stop looking for him? Exactly. Um, for sure he has his own issues. Like he was tortured mm-hmm. and for the first time Lulu was able to like share those details. Well, whatever she knew, like 
yes. whatever she saw on his back for the first time, she shared it with Sonny. So there is real things going on with him for sure. But it's just like Robert's like mysterious phone calls about transferring him mm-hmm. makes me go, okay, so on top of like Dante's own stuff, are they using him? Like, is Maxie partially right? Like, in some shape or form, are they using him? I definitely, like, my soap brain, my my Port Charles brain is going there. So there's a part of me that definitely believes that they're leaving an opening for a longer story. So right now, you know, Lulu needs to close this up. She needs a new love interest, and they need to put something in her path that's not just focused on Dante's absence. And yeah. then once, I feel like, as usual, once she's full on in her new relationship or at least open to that, then they're going to drag this story back to... They'll bring Dante back, you mean? Yeah, some kind of, like, upheaval. Or there's going to start to be clues or some sort of sign. Or maybe this is where Maxie fits in again. Or when Anna comes back. Like, there's all these other characters involved, especially when it comes to the WSB, that can find out more information and leak that back into Port Charles. Do you think all of this pause in the story well I don't think I think it's a pause like I think Mm -hmm. we're actually moving forward because of the divorce and I do think it's fun to see Lulu kind of like move on in his absence for the time being but do you think all of this is written so that like the original Dante can be the one who pops in and out and not be replaced hmm but even if he was replaced I don't know how the story would move forward if he was actually back in the show right now or them showing no, his recovery. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I think it just needed that longevity, not necessarily for that guy, the character. Okay. Okay. And so, okay, so the, <laughs> the divorce, because like I said, this information about Dante, you know, again, it was being framed like, well, now you can kind of move on with your life that he shot Peter. And it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Because that's how things work. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm just like, I don't know if that's clear enough for Lulu, but part of me was like, well, the bright side of the divorce papers is, you know, in a way you didn't have to kind of like make the choice alone because I felt like she was leaning towards like, yeah, you're right. Like I have to move on with my life. Like he's very sick mm-hmm. and we just don't, and it's bad and we don't know how long this. Like I got the vibe that she was understanding that I may have to move on with my life and like romantically too. Like I, I thought that's what I was picking up between her and Laura um, obviously the divorce papers are upsetting, but part of me was like, well, maybe it's a good thing on that front because I think it still sucks that she still has to make a decision by herself about yes. their marriage because, you know, even when he left, he was super vague and that sucked too. No, I agree. I'm glad that she has her mom to lean on and Laura has tons of experience to help her get through challenging situations. And the fact is she did spark with that guy that she went on a date with. And she has been saying, you know, like when, um, or was it Charlotte went to go and see her? And she's like, I, I miss Dante. Where is he? It's been a long time. Something about like, it's been a long time since we've been together as a family. Yeah. And that hurts. That's hard. Like, it's not just being a single parent. It's like all the rest that comes with it. And she just wants to be happy and whole. So I don't necessarily mean, think it's like the next thing is going to be jump into love interest, but it's going to start, she's going to start healing and trying to figure out a new path. Yeah, I, basically, she's going to stop waiting. Even though things exactly. might not shift dramatically. They may not shift dramatically, but just mentally moving forward and acknowledging that he's really not going to be a part of the immediate future or maybe even her long-term future, you know, might have that weight lifted off of her, like living in in just the unknown for a while. So hopefully things kind of work out for her, but also be fun for us <laughs> to see how that unfolds. Yes. And it was so sweet in the way that she was really leaning on Maxie and asking for her to be there in this new 
phase of her life. It really was beautiful. I love their friendship on and off screen. It's wonderful. Yeah, they're doing this whole like knitting thing. They're so cute. On Instagram together teaching knitting. um, I watched them unbox some yarn and I was just giggling because they were so excited. (laughs) (laughs) It's just funny to hear someone say like, oh my gosh, I spent my time watching someone unbox yarn. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. True fan. True fan. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) To be doing that. Yes. So, so I want to talk about Ava. Ava, I like the tone you talk. took when you when you brought that up. Well, <laughs> like how I mean, do we approach this? <laughs> because there's a few things about about her storyline right now. Mm-hmm. So okay, so Julian, so we get it though. Like Julian is primed to look out for crazy. So yeah, <laughs> I feel like that adds another layer. I feel like so when Ava talks to him. I mean, sure, I get it. He's skeptical. He knows Ava to be really strong. But I'm like, I don't know. Is this really, really worrisome? Obviously, in the context of what he, he's observed with Kim, I think it makes right. him a little extra worried. But I don't know. Like, what harm I don't come think to it's, Ava? Exactly. I don't think it's, it's as concerning. But like I said, I think his radar is just up right now. And I mean, I get it. Maybe she's making different choices now. But you have to understand, she has also lost a, a child and she is faced with confronting the idea of death and that sort of a thing so her mind being in that place and wanting to contact or talk to Kiki and the thing is look her her, her psychic or whoever she uses doesn't really seem like the person who's gonna like accommodate Eva which I love so there is that too not that he knows that um but I have to admit I didn't realize what damage could be done by seeing a psychic until Sunny started talking to her about what she passed on to Avery. At that point, I was like, oh, well, if you want to do it, sure, that's fine. But I realized how that could have been harmful to Avery, who thinks that she could, like, talk to, like, literally talk to, mm-hmm. to to Kiki. I didn't think about that either. And I thought it was really interesting because at first I'm like, why is he coming in so angry? And he starts talking and I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, I, I understand now. Um, but and I but Ava, Ava didn't Ava seem it. to. No, as usual. I don't think she got it. I just think she saw his aggression as opposed to hearing what he had to say. Um, what I did love though is the scene with Christina. She was really cute with her and nice with her and normal. I actually wrote down that the Davis women were kind to Ava because, like, Alexis has never really been all that kind to Ava. Okay. Even when Ava hasn't done anything, like, major, major directly to Alexis. Like, even mm-hmm. pre-Morgan. Like, even pre which she with Morgan, I think, Alexis was never all that um, nice to her. So I just thought it was really interesting how kind they were both to to Ava on that on that day because I don't think Ava's kind of used to that thing but no (laughs) (laughs) but I was just sort of curious you know to me I just felt for Christina to be inserted in that scene and to be so curious was that to just sort of like push Ava aside or what I was originally thinking was maybe there was something Christina wanted resolved honestly I'm leaning towards the second like I think there's something that Christina wants to resolve. She's going through all of these wonderful growth phases in a real way, not like in a DOD way, and reaching out to somebody from the beyond, let it be Morgan, let it be Kiefer. She may want answers for something. Well, Cher 88 Days said Morgan, that she thinks it would be Morgan she'd want to contact. And 
I kind of think it would be for Kiefer. And I know this is so bad because mm-hmm. I think Morgan is amazing, but for some reason, mm-hmm. nobody wants to contact him. I know what's Ava didn't want to contact him. <laughs> and I mean, just the trend, I could see somebody preferring to contact a supposed significant other. And I say that because the relationships are sort of there. Because even with Christina, it's like, we learned that she needs closure and her experience with Kiefer was traumatizing and still mm-hmm. has stayed with her in all this time. I wish we went into it more, like how it affected yeah. her in terms of like how it affected her choices and, and, and things like that she's, di- she's done or how she thinks. Or, and yeah, I don't, her partners, how she yeah. the relationship. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so I don't, I don't think that it's, it's Morgan, but yeah, I wonder if there's going to be follow through on that. I don't know. I, I really hope there is. I think she's going to come back for maybe a few episodes because, I don't know, they just left it so open that I really believe that she's going to come back in some capacity, let it be for Ava or for Christina. So what did you think about Ava's overall reading? I mean, not reading, but like contacting Kiki. <laughs> the contacting Kiki. I was, part of me was surprised and then not surprised. <laughs> I just, I, was... I honestly felt bad for Ava. I did feel bad for her, for sure, because, like, she lost Kiki, and she obviously understands how awful her behavior was, and that time yes. is actually limited, and her her reaction to her wasn't, like, appropriate. So I think she does understand that. I guess I was surprised that Kiki's still mad on the other side. Yeah, I didn't know you could still be that angry. <laughs> so... so all the good. <laughs> Yeah, so so that really, really surprised me, and I thought that was kind of funny, but I really found that the psychic embodied Kiki for real, because that is how she <laughs> talked to, to Ava. So I thought that was really, really interesting. But again, I, I don't know what what Ava would do with that moving forward. It sucks. Either. You know I what really- I mean? Like genuinely though, I hope that she's gonna take some time to work on herself as a as a person. But we know that that is not probably going to happen. <laughs> no, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think it, it it will at all. So again, I I too felt that she was <laughs> since she was in this apologetic mood, I really thought that she was going to um, call on Morgan, but she did not. No, it really surprised me. Like, I know Nicholas' name came up prior to that with Laura and Hayden. But at the same token, like you said, she was asking for forgiveness. It was a different mindset and tone to the whole um, experience with the psychic. So when she said Nicholas, I was like, what is happening right now? Well, <laughs> technically, she she could apologize to Nicholas for not True. acting as a witness when she could have in terms of, True. like, Valentine shooting him. There is, she could apologize for that, but I think we all know that, like, when they left off, they had a brief interaction together, but honestly, there were such sparks, and I really liked them together, and the idea of them being romantically involved was super fun, and, like, let's face it, I think Ava was more interested in those feelings than anything else. Yes. (laughs) Uh, And then there was the, Carolyn Hogue said, she thinks that she's looking for something, and maybe the feeling oh. she had for him, especially after that horrible interaction <laughs> with Kiki, that, you know, kind of like looking to soothe herself in some shape or form. And that might make oh, more sense, typical, actually. Yes, the typical Ava way, you know, comfort yourself with 
um, a hot, sexy man. That would be more Ava than anything else. And then there was the reality that she couldn't feel him. And so Cinnamon Deb, simply can sense Nicholas's spirit on the other side. Is that more evidence that he's alive? Um, I think so. Yeah. And Miss uh, Verace <laughs> said, I hope so. I've always believed he wasn't dead. And same here. And I'm going to put this out there because mm-hmm. I don't know if I am crazy. And it's very possible I dreamt <laughs> this because okay. I do dream of General Hospital at times, oh, like gosh, a cuckoo. Funny. And I don't remember if this happened, but I thought that a long time ago like way after Nicholas was sort of like thought to be dead that there was a scene of Ava in the metro court and her cell phone ring rings and all you hear her go is Nicholas of anyone else has a memory of that if not it's very possible I completely dreamt that but then there was that whole that that time where we saw um somebody in a limo the ring the ring cast it on so like Anyways, like whatever. I don't I don't think Nicholas is dead at all, but it would suck because I'm pretty sure Spencer thinks he's dead. Like I don't think Spencer's in exactly. on this. Exactly. Oh, I would be devastated Not if he didn't know. I mean, it could be like a Jason situation where maybe he didn't have his memory. I mean, he survived multiple falls. I'm pretty sure that Nicholas could survive. Was he shot though or just like fell out the window? I think he was shot then fell out the window. Exactly. A little two-in-one combo. Uh, he'll survive it. I, I truly believe he'll come oh. back. And that's what the whole mission is with Hayden. So, okay. So, get this. So, Kathy Guerreri said, along the lines of what you're saying, I think mm-hmm. and have thought all along that he's not dead, so Nicholas, and Jax is holding a secret regarding Nicholas. I think they're working together. That Nicholas and Jax are working together? Yeah. Which would be freaking huge. Oh my gosh, right, because, wait, didn't they share a wife? Oh no, the wife was his sister? Not at the same no? time, but... <laughs> this is GH, I don't... That's kind of, know. that's kind of a problem between them. They were both with Courtney. Right, okay, Courtney. And Jax had kept Spencer from him. So, I mean, they do, <sighs> like, they have a, a bad, a bad history. But the way things <sighs> are shaking out, like, I mean... And especially the conversation Hayden had with Laura asking about Spencer. I agree. And like, just trying to figure out where he's at and all of that stuff. Like, I think that in the end, it's something that maybe Valentine said to Sunny a few episodes ago, like, because we have the same enemy, we can be friends. And maybe because Valentine for some reason is an enemy of Jax, Nicholas and Jax and Hayden can band together for the greater good. Oh, I that would I would love that. That would be so interesting. That would be so interesting. But okay, so this is what scares me though. Because did okay. you notice how they were talking Hayden and Laura about Spencer and about how much he's grown and changed? Yes, I know they're gonna. I felt like they're gonna age him up. So that's exactly what Nating oh. the Blues was sort of hinting at. She's like, it sounded very much like they were gonna. They're setting Spencer up. I think. I think what is it called? There's like an abbreviation for it. Soap is opera. That- what is it? Rapid aging syndrome? Uh, because they were talking about like changing his voice. He looks like a man among other right. little clues. Made it sound like he will come back an older kid. Catching up to Joss now. Too bad. I hope I'm wrong. I like Spencer. He has a great rapport with all the characters he interacts with. And that's the mm. thing. Like aging certain characters, it happens. But I just find like, how do you do that with a character like Spencer? Like he's very unique and one of a kind. It's um, so true. It's, it would so. be very sad. Like I understand why they would have to do it to push the story forward but at the same time like you say he's a very 
important character and it would be so hard to maybe like they bring him back like later on who knows I would prefer something like that but at the same time even if you brought him back like he has so many other storylines that don't necessarily mix with the other younger kids like back in the day yes he was like around with like Joss and and Cam but I mean like Robin's daughter she's not really around right now Right. And they've never really aged her. So I think like even if Spencer came back and you kind of kept him within his own storylines in terms of like Valentine and Laura and and Sunny and in that context and not necessarily mix the kids, I don't think it would be all that weird to kind of get through this phase until he until he grows. And maybe he has grown enough to fit the description <laughs> between Hayden and Laura. But another standout element with that scene was I was just really shocked at Laura's reaction to Ava. Same. Why was she so angry? I mean, look, I know her son died and I know, but like (laughs) Ava didn't have a hand in killing Nicholas. She basically Mm -hmm. just made it harder to prove that Valentine killed him. And that's a fact. And I get it. It was brought up in that moment that Ava had walked in on them. But I mean, Mm -hmm. that's been true for a long time. It's been true when they connected And I just don't understand why they're not being consistent with that connection between Laura and Ava and why it's not continuing to grow and move forward. Like, I don't see why with the Ryan storyline over, there has to, that 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 relationship has to be over as well. I agree. I wanted to see, you know, her be around women her age that are, you know, Ava, despite all of that, she owns a gallery. She's a businesswoman. She's smart. Yes, she's erratic and she makes like some really crazy decisions. But being around women like Laura, Felicia, it was such a nice group that accepted her that she could develop these strong female friendships that it does. It does bug me, too. And I and I hope they change that up. I kind of hope that that they move on from that and just sort of like go back to making them friends. The good thing about Ava is she bounces back really quickly when it comes to things yeah. like that. Like, it didn't even seem like it phased her all that much. She's like, whatever. Well, she's used <laughs> to being not liked, and she had two yeah. people be nice to her. She had Christina and Alexis be nice to her earlier, so maybe that True. compensates for things. But, yeah, no, again, I just was, like, very pro the Laura and Ava relationship, and it kind of bugs me when I see stuff like that. So, Agreed. in keeping with the Jeromes, Kim goes to see Julian. And oh. out of, but like after all this time that Robert's been on this show, it's like that's your first interaction with Julian. Okay, so that's so what crazy. made me laugh. Because what did Julian say to him? He said something like, "He's so funny." Like, what do I owe this headache to? I know when? he's hilarious. Like, I love those little subtle comments. Or just well, especially with Robert, I think it, it's like it's easy. And Julian is that way with basically everyone because everyone who comes in doesn't like him, but oh, they go there gosh. anyway. Um, but. I, I just think that you're right about something you said because when he was talking to Kim and Kim was basically just checking to see if they were good, mm-hmm. Julian was really doubling down on this concept of like being by her side and supporting her and that like um, because there was a lot of people around him who constantly remind him that he's messed up. So you have Robert that won't mm-hmm. let him forget that he used to do bad things. So he obviously doesn't want to do that to Kim, like hold yes. this bad thing against her. And then you have Bobby who's saying, like, you can't help anybody. Exactly. So I just think, and I'm not saying he doesn't care about Kim, but I just think mm-hmm. you're right that these outside criticisms are really kind of motivating him to make things work with her and to support her and to be a positive influence in her life. Well, he's definitely digging his heels in. And mm-hmm. I did have a funny thought, though, when she walked in and she started apologizing to him. 
I feel like it's one of those moments where you like pull out a card or a letter to, to really get your feelings across and like, hmm, do they make a card for I'm sorry I drugged my ex-lover to have him impregnate me with a new replacement child? I, I can't even like wrap my head around that whole thing. And just the fact that like she's sitting across from Julian being like, I'm thinking now that that could have been hard for you to just see me in bed with another guy (laughs) and also encouraging you to leave the room so I can finish what we were doing without understanding that. And like, but with the, the sort of implicit understanding that you and I are still in a relationship and that this, this is just like a little hobby, like a little, a little, little, (laughs) this is me just having like a brief private interaction at a party. And I'll be with you in a sec. Like, I, it was really, really messed up. And obviously, they're framing it in that way. Like, how far gone she went. But see if anything kind of comes out of that. But I really do think that the GH store on ABC should have those weird cards. That like, would sorry, be I'm hilarious, though. Oh my, right? That just, would like, be so funny. <laughs> that would be so amazing. <laughs> I would love that. I, I think I would start totally buying all of those for your birthdays, anniversary, everything, for every reason. That would be amazing. And I just think, like, for the time being, like, I can't imagine, like, Drew is still being really nice to her. Yes. Um, but hopefully he won't have to. Like, hopefully Julian can kind of handle Kim. And I think Drew deserves a little bit of a break from her. And it was nice seeing him in his life, like, back at work. And even mm-hmm. funnier, seeing him in scenes with Hayden. And looking how he was like, whoa, why is she here? And being so reactive because we don't really ever get that from Drew. So it was so fun to see him being so reactive toward her. It was. And I totally forgot what their relationship was until um, somebody said, like, well, she did, you know, fake being his wife uh, yeah. when he came into town. I was like, I do remember that. I was watching when that happened. And I, yeah, I really did like those scenes. Um did Curtis know, like, about all of that? Of course. Okay. Because I, like... Yeah, because he's feel... good friends with them. He knows everything she's done. Oh, okay, okay. Because I don't remember Curtis being part of it. But what I do wish Drew would tell Curtis uh, is... And I think Curtis will figure it out that it was Kim that drugged him. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know what Curtis would do with that. And I think that because he's on the outside, he'd have, like, an audience reaction to this. Yes. And he'd be so appalled for Drew and maybe the story does feed that <laughs> because we are kind of like, because, and I get it. Like I get the context in which this is going on. She's grieving, but at the same time, she almost raped Drew. And mm-hmm. like we talked about last week, it's sort of being downplayed. So in a way, maybe if Curtis did know, we would get like, let's say the representation of maybe the audience reaction. Like, you know what I mean? Like we, we would get the other side to this. We have the compassionate side, like yes. everybody, like, we, we, we have the compassion and rational side. Like, I get why you did this. You need help. We have that. But mm-hmm. maybe maybe having a, a different kind of um, response to it, like the caring friend who's like, who the hell did this to you? I think it would be interesting because I think it, it would then open the door for Drew to process what happened. There's so much that happened to this man between his son dying and then this whole craziness that he needs somebody that he can rely on and deal with those emotions. Because you saw how traumatized he was. And yeah, like you said, it's being like shoved under the rug or pushed under the rug. I'm not sure what the expression is. And it really needs to come out in order for him to 
move forward. But you're right. He has gone through a lot. And maybe that is also what's numbing his his sort of response to this. True. Um, and he's probably just exhausted. Like, I don't have right? enough to give you right now. Um, so I just think that he can deserve, like, an actual break from Kim and, like, dealing with his own stuff. But that's the thing. When I was I was on that line of thinking, and then I forgot about Hayden and Finn, which I love, totally love <laughs> the idea of them getting back together. But Ooh. I was thinking in that moment when Hayden was in Drew's office that, you know, Drew can use a little fun. But that's then I forgot too. that he hated her. <laughs> <laughs> right? But again, that could really be what drives a superficial relationship. You know, superficial wink, wink, in quotation. Right, gotcha, gotcha. No, boink, boink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so Hayden is making it more and more obvious, especially at Aiden's party, oh, that she's my. into Finn. Yes, did she ever? So. I think she needs to get on that a little bit more. And hopefully we'll see a lot of that next week. But there was so much love this week. Like, Thursday's episode was all about the couples. And I was loving it. Like, I was loving just, you know... I mean, Franco and Elizabeth are very cute. And I think that's the thing about the actor who plays Franco. Is just that he adds a real realness into the interactions. Into the soap opera with his comments. Like, even when they were Mm -hmm. scrolling through their wedding photos together. um, It was just very... It's like a real conversation you're observing. Yeah. But yeah, so they find they find something that sort of supports <laughs> Obrecht's story. So yes. it could be a guest. It could be another person. I have no idea who it could be. Like, I don't know. Do guests really have like crazy push people overboard outfits with them to change into? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it is Port Charles. I don't know. That, exactly. But I, I, what I loved even more was when they went to the police station <laughs> and then Franco like grabs Elizabeth and was like, "We threw a murder mystery party. We didn't even mean to." That, that is so cool. cute. Like I so just funny. Oh, oh my gosh, it was hilarious. I really, really loved it. I think that was probably one of my favorite moments. Obrecht is always is crazy and entertaining, oh but my like, gosh. How, okay. So we talked a little bit about this earlier. I don't know. I just think it's just weird to see Nina feel so empathetic toward Willow. Like when I was seeing her talk mm-hmm. with Obrecht, I was just sort of like, is she really having an empathy? Is she really having a kind, <laughs> a kind feeling toward, toward Willow? But I just didn't know what was going to go on there because part of me was thinking, is Obrecht going to like try to make Nina feel better by disclosing who the father is? And if she did, Nina would probably keep it a secret in case she didn't want to, like, mess up Michael's relationship with Sasha. Like, if Sasha hinted, oh, I don't really want this. So, like, I kept thinking that, that, like, Nina might actually find out the truth and then keep it quiet because of Sasha for some weird reason. That's such a, like, convoluted way for the story to come out. But isn't isn't that whole thing convoluted? Like, when Nina was putting all of the information (laughs) together? And I'm like, so many things happened, and I'm like... Then I'm watching this scene. I'm like, that she put together. Like, that <laughs> that she put together. And the other thing that kind of bugged me was that when Willow was talking to Nina, she's like, Wiley's safe. And I'm just like, but, okay, why are you making it easy? Yeah. And ma- you're now making it kind of, like, public knowledge and yes. admitting that Wiley is your son. I'm like, are <sighs> you supposed to still not say this? Is it- I'm just wondering if that's, like, something to consider. Yeah. To not was- do. It was pretty strange. It was really strange. But what I am loving is how Harmony found reality. <gasps> and it just looks <gasps> so good on her. Like, I mean, it, it's so funny. Like, like sometimes I guess you don't appreciate how good of an actor these people are. Because yes. you watch it and you're just so, like, you know, used to it. But it's just, 
something has shifted with Harmony. Like, I literally feel like she's a real person when I'm watching her now. Yes. Like, before I used to look at her and be like, oh my gosh, I can't date this girl. Like, she was Empty a character. Vessel. She was a character. She was like a yeah. villain. But now when I watch her in scenes, like, I'm right there with her. And I feel like she's real. And I love the way she told off Shiloh. I was oh, she, scared. Oh, yes. I was scared when I saw her run into Ryan. And I'm like, again, why the prisons mixed? And I know. Why do they intermingle? That's new to me. I was I was scared when she met Ryan, but when he walked away and she seemed a little weirded out, I was like, okay, good. Okay, Her you have radar. Some, you have some radar that's mm-hmm. working and kind of like activated. But what I don't understand mm-hmm. is why Jordan and Curtis went to oh. go see him. Like, even if Jordan oh. really genuinely wanted to thank him, I just think you have to think things through. I think it's normal as a normal human to be like, hey, you gave me an organ. I want to thank you. But I think in this context, you need to think about who you're thanking and how that's going to go. And if you extending that gesture is even worth it. Well, exactly. It's like she's doing it for her. And if you wanted to say thank you, write a note, write a card. I don't know. Like, why was it worth going to see him, the both of you together? You know that he's not going to have any type of emotion like I just felt like it was a filler and I didn't understand how it contributed to anything I don't think it was I don't think sitting in the prison communicating with Ryan especially that character mm-hmm. is ever just a filler I know I know it's that. not you know what I mean like it's not like it's not like other scenes like what I was initially thinking is this a filler like the whole softball thing I, I think oh my it's God. super cute but I was yes. just like what is this it's so cute. So, so cute. Their little uniforms, their outfits, as Willow called them. <laughs> but I love, like, more than just, like, even though there was, like, a lot of romance yesterday, you know, like, Chase and Willow, and then you had, like, Sasha and Michael really playing up their couple as well alongside mm-hmm. many others. Because even Jordan and, and Curtis, like, their oh, interaction was so yes. real, catching her dance. And when she was, like, <laughs> want to fold some laundry and do the dishwasher together, I was like, you guys are, like, super, super cute. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I loved Michael and Chase going back and forth. Right? Over, so like, and just being, like, super, super competitive. Um, again, like, Michael claims he broke his ribs, but it turns mm-hmm. out that you can just kiss and make that better. So I don't understand why everyone constantly feels the need to run to the hospital <laughs> when you break a rib. Kiss a boo better. <laughs> and even and even funnier was when Max shows up and then they make fun of like the suits even more. I was just like, yes. this is so funny. Like, even if this is like a re- weird random filler thing. I think it's, like, so adorable and enjoyable, and seeing all of those guys in uniform is amazing. But I did notice that General Hospital um, posted something where they said they're going to be making, like, official playing cards. Oh, my gosh. I saw the, like, Insta story. So, so cute. There's an Insta story? Yeah, and they put, like, Chase's actual, like, baseball card. They had Michael's baseball card, and they had Max. And and Max. Oh, wow. I like Max. I saw that, like... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that's about, but it's uh, (laughs) it's there. It's there. And I have to say, like, he was so amazing at the PCPD. At first, I was like, oh man, is Jordan coming back? But then, but then I liked that she was just checking in, and that made me feel good. But I just loved how respectful he was to her and about keeping her in the loop. And he's really just doing his like 
temp job, that kind of a thing. So I don't know. I'm really not ready at all to see Mac leave the PCPD. I'm really not ready. I don't know. No, maybe Jordan um, will realize. You know what? Maybe all that Ryan talk getting into her head about being mm-hmm. lawless. Yeah. Maybe she'll just like do PI work with uh, Curtis and let him Ooh. do the suits thing for a while. Let him like follow the rules and have this like office job. And maybe she's the one who finally gets to like break the rules a little bit. Oh my gosh. I saw the really- case. I really freaking like that so much because I was thinking like the whole co-commissioners thing will go on for a while, but I like your version way more. I would. I think Mac fits really nice. I love his casual yet professional and hard like like way of being commissioner. I just like, Mm -hmm. I, I just, I don't know. I think it's really cute him and Robert working together. That whole dynamic. Agreed. So are we to believe that Brad was really, really going to kill Obrecht? Like, what are you doing? Oh, like, I don't even know what his plan was. Like, what was that? And I'm just thinking, <laughs> even if it was something shady, wouldn't Obrecht look over and know what it was in a split second? Exactly. That scene was so ridiculous. What does Brad think he's doing? What does he think he can get away with? Especially when Nina walked in, she's like, aren't you like a lab tech? <laughs> yeah. And I love that she was really, really questioning that whole thing. Because it didn't make any sense. Not at all. But, okay, I mean, whatever. Obviously, when you catch him, it doesn't make any sense because he's about to do something bad. But it's just, you do know Obrecht. Right? You do know Brit. Like, I don't know. I just think you have enough information to know that whatever you were about to do was stupid and it would have never gone over well. Yeah, he's really losing it. I think maybe that's just the whole point, that he's really... I mean, he has been unraveling, but he's getting close to the rock bottom that is going to how do you say like he's getting so far down that this is when the whole story is going to crumble and maybe it is going to come straight from Brad like we're thinking about all these other ways it's going to come down but maybe he's just going to break down so badly that he's going to admit what has happened that's very possible so Brad does get pulled out and then they all go into this like joint lawyer meeting Mm -hmm. so part of at cinnamon deb's comment off Twitter she wrote this I really love that hug that Lucas gave Willow it was so genuine and sweet I have to say there is something about the two of them on screen like Lucas is so warm and he's really connected with with Willow and I get it he doesn't have like all these obstacles and secrets in the way Mm -hmm. that he can actually form a genuine relationship in the way that Brad really just can't do with her But I just love them together. And I don't know. I wonder, I guess if, I just wonder if she'll change her mind on Lucas's offer to be more involved in Wiley's life. Ooh, that's a good point. There is that beautiful warmth and just genuine appreciation for the sacrifice that she made for a better life for her son and that he gets to um, receive that blessing kind of thing. And I think it might, it might change things for a while anyways and, as long as she believes that Wiley's her son. And I know we are disregarding that it is Michael's baby. But I I have to say, when they were all together at the bar, Mm -hmm. I was just very much like, it really, really hit me that those people, and I mean, forget Brad. (laughs) Yes. But when I saw them together, all three of them, I was just like so devastated at the idea of the truth coming out, which is so weird because typically you always want the truth to come out. But when I right? saw them, and it's not that the baby is with bad people. Mm-hmm. He's not with bad people. So this makes this baby switch maybe a little different than all the others. 
Oh, 1000%. This so, is such a weird mixed emotion type situation. Because like, I'm already being like, oh, maybe we're like a co-parent. I love their relationship. Like, I'm not even like, I forget sometimes that the truth oh, needs yeah. to come out and that it's on his baby. And I just didn't know what to think. Because again, like I said, Willow is bringing up Wiley's name to Nina. And then mm-hmm. Lucas suggests getting Shiloh's medical history. I and know. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, I don't understand if he meant actually requesting them, which legally wouldn't make any sense if mm-hmm. you're trying to, you know, stall the fact oh, right. that Shiloh yes. is the father. Or I don't know if he was hoping that Willow would know or if there was an underhanded way of getting it. And I'm just saying, like, you asked I... Julian for help. You're telling me you can't just go to Sunny, go to Spinelli, go to Jason and just Sam and just say, hey, can you just get these records? Like, I don't I don't I didn't get what that request was. Me neither. I found it a little strange too, but maybe it was exactly like what you said at the beginning. It's just maybe a conversation with Willow to find out what exactly it is that she knows. Because, I mean, like, doesn't he also work at the hospital and couldn't he just, like, type in some things? <laughs> I, I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Of all this, like, even if Lucas didn't want to be that guy, your husband's that yeah. guy. So oh, just 100%. get that guy to do that. And you know what? Maybe it is just a sharing of information, like you yeah. said. He said it in front of Willow. She didn't know. And then mm-hmm. what happens? Maybe her videographic memory will kick in <laughs> if Michael talks about some kind of heart, heart thing. Issue. I don't know. But did you notice that they threw in another little bit of information? I, Lucas was talking about insulin? Yeah! I, I caught that. And I don't... I mean, I was going to ask you about that. I made note to see if there's anything else that you remember, because this is the first I I've don't. And that. especially that we've had, you know, where he had to, like, be with his mom and tell her yes. diagnosis. I just felt like, you know, I have it too, and, you you know, you've been there for me. Like, I just felt like it was so strange, because originally when I heard him divulge that, I got really scared that somehow this could be used to harm Lucas because if this baby thing goes way too far, especially with mm-hmm. like Shiloh out and like Ryan in the mix and Nell in the mix, like would somebody kind of use something to hurt Lucas? I don't know why, but I just got scared oh, of that. Oh, okay. Cause I mean, you didn't say it for nothing. Like we literally had like a whole diabetes episodes with like Bobby and epiphany. Exactly. And I'm just surprised because now it looks like Lucas could have contributed to that conversation with his mom in more ways than one. I agree. It's really strange that he's, one, hiding it, and two, I think maybe that might be the case. You know, like if he's passed out on the floor because he doesn't have insulin and they're grabbing the baby to run away with it, I'm thinking more so Shiloh, uh, that could be... That could be a thing. Yeah, that really, really scares me. And speaking of, of Epiphany, do you think she knows that if Sonny decided Dev could have been living with her and Milo if he was just uh, a couple of years older? I don't think she has a clue. <laughs> uh, I was like, that's an option? Like, that's an option. Epiphany's going about her life, doing her thing yeah. with her little magic Milo. Right. And then out of nowhere, they would just have a teenager living with them? Congratulations! Um, you have a cranky teenager. <laughs> so that was interesting. I was surprised that Carly was considering boarding school. I know. But this is Carly, though. She thinks about things from everybody's angle. And I understand where she was coming from and why she brought it up. And yeah. I really, yeah. really, really liked 
Like, I love them together. Sunny and Carly, they're so understanding and supportive. I think it was important that Dev overheard that conversation and that Carly was so easy to um, support Sunny in his yes. decision. So he really does get to see that he has two people who genuinely cares for his well-being. Yes, because he's definitely like, you know, Sunny's a big deal for him. But you're right. Yes. It's important to see that it's not just him. It's also Carly. And I was relieved to, to that he eavesdropped oh, gosh. on an appropriate conversation. Yes. Because why wouldn't, because I don't want him to be this like enemy or somebody that they have to look out for. Like I like the conversation with Jason had. Basically, he's a guy, he's a little boy that came there. And Jason's just going to help him, like, realize the extent of this whole situation and try to make sure that he doesn't make any mistakes. So I like the concept that they're kind of cultivating, like, you need support and we see the areas in which you need them and we're just going to do it and, like, give you a family and give you, like, connectedness and, like, a circle. Exactly. And we're understanding now, like, effort. it's not necessarily that he's evil or any of that things, but this is the only way of life that he's known, you know, stealing mm-hmm. purses. When he talked about the hotel, he's like, why didn't you just break into the room? It's like, for yeah. him, that, it's always survival mode. It's not um, thinking about the rules and regulations. It's just like surviving another day. And Joss jumped in in true oh, gosh, fashion. Yeah, yes, so cute. Uh, the thing there, what, cause this is what I'm loving. It's what I hoped and it's what happened is mm-hmm. that Cam and him are getting along. You know, like yes. they're so pro Sunny and Trina is clearly not. So that <laughs> makes me a little curious. Like I'm wondering how this hasn't come up in their, in their friendship before, especially if she feels that way as a teenager. Like we can understand all right? the parents thinking this, you know, like mm-hmm. Elizabeth being like, no, you're not going to park the car there. <laughs> you know, so we understand that aspect of it so it was just funny hearing that and I I liked I liked that dynamic of having Cam and him getting along I really like the fact that it's not competitive I really didn't want that me too so about Dev like it it's it really has been emphasized that Dev is sort of like a sunny do-over yes but they talk a lot about how like he doesn't think before he acts and I was like is this more than just a sunny do-over because I feel like there are Morgan elements here Ooh, interesting I mean I don't know if Carly really feels that way but I kind of got that vibe when they started talking about he doesn't think before he acts and Sonny is taking him on and taking him on taking him on as his son like in that role but anyways I I just wondered if that would come up at any point or if it really strictly is a Sonny mini me it might be like I'm definitely gonna keep an eye on that now that you brought it up I'm gonna pay more attention because I never even thought about it that way me neither until this week <laughs> so we'll ask you, so what so I'm we'll really see if I have like any <laughs> if there's any point to that so Christina this week and all of her interactions with Sunny and showing her strength and um I am very curious as to what the how the interaction with Dev and Christina or even just the initial meeting like how is that gonna go down I'm I didn't so even think curious of that until you said it because you know Josh Josh sorry Josh <laughs> refers to him as you know her cousin, cousin as well right and I love that I love that about the family they just you know they just welcome we're all, we're all family <laughs> but I mean based on this story they've created it truly is Christina's cousin Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, huh. <laughs> They're cousins, as, but like Dev Senior as like the older woman. I don't know. Right, okay, so that's the know. thing, though. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay, so my head went two ways. She's learning to embrace her family, differences and all, and, and really accepting all of the love and support that's around her. And he's a person that needs a lot of love and support. So it can go that route. But I can also see how there can be sparks between the two of them. Hmm. Because you know what she's talking about, like, the things she likes about her dad and, and how this and that and, like, you know, 
Sunny has led a path or setting an example of the kind of person that she should potentially be with. Well, so I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It can go like very well, interesting ways. In Friday's scene, like I always love them together. She said like, um, cause she was saying things to him, like about following in his footsteps or being like mm-hmm. him. So that makes me wonder, you know, what kind of role she'll play in the future in terms of yes. being exactly what ways do you want to be like Sunny? Exactly. But do you know what I'm thinking of now <laughs> in terms of Dev? I regret that she didn't get to play this like mentor older friend role to Oscar. Because that's where they were heading. So I do yes. kind of wonder if that's going to be more of the dynamic. I would like that and accept that because I think that with the path she's going down and people trusting her, that would give her or continue for her to grow and build her confidence as somebody who is trustworthy, because, not somebody who just depends on others. Yeah, I think I, I, I think I see that more because it also would like extend to her growth and it yes. would help, you know, Dev have more than just Joss, but other people like it'll build his, his circle and realize he really does have like a, a larger kind of network of people who care about him mm-hmm. um, and to kind of show him the ropes. And I guess we'll also get to see how mature is Christina? Because she is also impulsive. Is she really going to be True. able to be Jason-esque and <gasps> reel, reel this guy Ooh. in a little bit? Because the thing is, even with, like she's always been the sister who was taken care of. And yes. even with Morgan, you know, they were more like peers than one being older than the other. And I felt like they commiserated a lot and they felt like they held the same role in the family. So I, I, it was like the blind leading the blind. Like no <laughs> one was really... No one was really guiding one another. They were just more like in the same place. So this would be really, really interesting. And she's never really gotten to play that role to Molly. No. And I love the idea though, what you said of her being Jason-esque. Like, oh yes, I want to see them. She would have to be. She would have to be if you're, if you're guiding someone like Dev, she would have (laughs) to really rein herself in. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Big time. So I think that that's it for me. I don't know about you. No, that's it for me. Like my gold star goes to Harmony for calling him a pathetic Hank. And that is uh, the end of the end. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So have a good weekend. Tornado free. And everybody else have a safe and happy weekend. Thank you. Right back at you. Bye. Bye.